You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include truckers in Canada are beginning to protest and New Jersey Democrats are pushing for food security policies. Here's your national news recap for the week of February 6th. Governor Kathy Hochul is keeping the in-school mask mandate for now in New York State. She says she'll re-examine the mandate the first week in March after students return from mid-winter break. The governor says she'll be looking at the coronavirus data at that point to guide her decision. The move to keep school mask mandates comes despite neighboring Connecticut and New Jersey announcing plans to lift their school mask mandates soon. Another New York mask mandate will be dropped. The mask requirement inside businesses without a coronavirus vaccine mandate in place expired Friday. Governor Kathy Hochul says she will not be extending it because of the coronavirus winter surge numbers continuing to plunge. She is allowing local governments to put in their own mandates. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby confirmed Monday that Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin has been briefed on the death of Kyle Mullen of Mnolapin, New Jersey a 24-year-old Navy SEAL candidate who died after completing what's known as Hell Week training in California. He sends his deepest condolences to the family, Kirby said, of the secretary during a press briefing at the Pentagon. That's the kind of news no parent wants to get. So he knows that the Navy is looking into this and they're fully investigating the cause of death. Mullen died Friday after he became ill just hours after completing the grueling Hell Week test at the end of the first phase of the BUDS training in Southern California. The Freedom Convoy, Canadian truckers who are protesting against vaccine mandates, are stopping a significant portion of the border crossings into the United States. Many in the auto industry are feeling the pressure because they are not getting parts they need to continue manufacturing and production. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said administration officials were working with their Canadian counterparts and industry executives to ease the damage to the auto industry. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said administration officials were working with their Canadian counterparts and industry executives to ease the damage to the auto industry, U.S. agricultural exports, and the flow of workers between the United States and Canada. Police in Milford, Michigan, say a 64-year-old woman was killed Wednesday after her vehicle was hit by a train. The driver didn't stop at the crossing at Old Plank Road and was hit by the southbound train around 11.30 a.m. Police say the crossing does not have gates, but does have signals that were working at the time of the crash. No one else was in the vehicle at the time of the collision. The House Oversight Committee is investigating former President Trump's removal of boxes of records when he left office. The National Archives recovered the boxes from Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida. New York Democrat Carolyn Maloney said the boxes appear to have been removed in violation of the Presidential Records Act. Maloney chairs the oversight panel. 
Meantime, Trump issued a statement and rejected reporting that he flushed official documents down the toilet during his presidency. He called it another fake story. Former President Trump further defended himself regarding reports of how he handled documents regarding the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol. On Thursday, Trump took to his website saying the documents were willingly given to him by the National Archives and Records Administration. He also called a report of papers being flushed down a White House toilet categorically untrue, adding that the story was made up to promote a fictitious book. Axios reports the publication Trump is referring to is Confidence Man by New York Times reporter Maggie Haberman. It comes as Nara said 15 boxes of documents that were not supposed to leave the White House were at Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida. Those papers have reportedly been returned. The MTA is announcing an interim president of the Long Island Railroad. Catherine Rinaldi, who was the president of Metro North, will take on the additional role as LIRR interim president. This comes as Long Island President Philip Eng is set to retire after four years in the role. Rinaldi has served as president of Metro North since 2018. Residents in Ventura County, California are shaken up following an earthquake. The U.S. Geological Survey reports a preliminary magnitude 3.9 quake hit the area of Santa Paula Thursday afternoon. A 2.7 magnitude aftershock was reported about 10 minutes later. Users of the MyShake app report feeling the quake as far away as China. There are no immediate reports of injuries or damage. A brush fire in Laguna Beach, California that came close to some multi-million dollar homes is now much less of a danger. Evacuations are over after the wildfire burned 150 acres of steep terrain above the Pacific Ocean. It's now 10% contained. The fire broke out at about 4 a.m. as warm, dry winds pounded the Orange County coast. No homes were lost or seriously damaged. The cause of the fire is still under investigation, and firefighters kept a close eye on hotspots where wind was expected to pick up Thursday night. A six-year-old boy was killed in a snowmobile crash near Newport, Washington, Wednesday night. The crash happened on Conklin Meadows Road. The Pend Oriole County Sheriff's Office says the boy was riding with his father. The snowmobile rolled over and they were trapped underneath. The father was able to get free and call for help. Medics tried to save the boy, but he died at the scene. The father was treated for hypothermia. Police say there were no signs of negligence or impairment. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. I'm Victoria Baker with your international news. Controversy is swirling at the Winter Olympics, and it involves the ongoing medal delay in Monday's team figure skating competition. You can bet your bottom dollar that we are doing absolutely everything and everyone is doing absolutely everything that, that these, the, these, uh, this situation can be resolved as soon as possible because uh, we have athletes and, and athletes that have uh, won medals involved. That's International Olympic Committee spokesperson Mark Adams, who says he couldn't comment further, citing legal implications. The medal ceremony was postponed after an athlete from Russia tested positive for a banned substance. The Russians are also already serving a four-year ban from the Olympics over a state-sponsored doping program first uncovered in 2016. That's why athletes are competing as the Russian Olympics Committee, the ROC, won the gold medal Monday with Team USA taking silver and bronze going to Japan. 
American Darian Stevens is falling well short of the podium in the women's free ski big air final in the Beijing Olympics. Stevens finished 11th out of 12 finalists. China took home the gold medal, France grabbed the silver, and Switzerland earned the bronze. A man is being released from custody after being accused of raping a woman on a United Air flight to London. Authorities were made aware of the incident on the inbound flight on January 31st. Police arrested the man on suspicion of rape. He has now been released under investigation. United Airlines says in a statement that they will cooperate with law enforcement on any investigation. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is in Australia on a mission to shore up partners with regional allies and push back against China's growing power. Blinken landed in Melbourne today and is expected to spend three days on the ground. He'll meet Friday with foreign ministers of the Quad Group made up of the U.S., Australia, Japan, and India. The U.S.-led group was set up to counter China's military and economy clout. British giants BP is reporting a huge profit swing on the strength of soaring commodity prices. BP today posted a full-year profit of $12.8 billion for 2021 after a net loss of $5.7 billion in 2022. Global oil demands came back in a big way last year, driving crude oil prices past $90 a barrel. Police in Canada's capital are calling truckers against COVID-19 regulations vital and extreme. After nearly two full weeks of protesters, this protester said that's not true. There's nothing extreme about wanting people to be able to make their own decisions in their home that is the best decision for their families. There's nothing extreme about that. The Freedom Convoy has gridlocked the center of Ottawa and government has declared a state of emergency. Almost 80 criminal investigations have been opened because of the protests, which have remained mostly peaceful. Police have expressed concerns over some far-right extremist rhetorics from some of the protesters and one officer who was reportedly attacked trying to seize fuel from a protest truck. Around a quarter of the trucks are reported to have children in them. Just three seconds of daily weightlifting is all you need to improve your muscle strength. That's according to a study by Edith Cohen, the university researchers. The collaborative study compiled results from 39 healthy university students who performed one specific workout at maximum effort for just three seconds five days a week during a four-week span time. The study found all three groups who exercised saw muscle growth within one group, seeing up to 10% increase in muscle strength. The lead author believes that the study suggests people don't need to dedicate long periods of time to see growth muscle in strength. That was your international news. I'm Victoria Baker. And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. Baltimore County police have several people in custody after a shooting that wounded a 16-year-old student outside of Catonsville High School. Investigators believe the teen was targeted in the recent afternoon shooting, and some parents are concerned about possible retaliation. WJZ-TV says sources claim a second person was shot in relation to the incident, but that information has not yet been confirmed. That victim reportedly suffered a wound to the head and was treated at Ascension St. Agnes Hospital. Investigators believe the parking lot shooting stemmed from an argument that began off-campus earlier in the day. Police have not said how many people are in custody or if any of them are students. Residents in King Sessing are hoping for a better day following an early morning water main break. Water started gushing down several streets and into basements in the area of South 56th Street and Springfield Avenue. About a handful of people were rescued from their homes in the 12-block radius. City officials called it one of the largest main breaks the city has ever had. No word yet on what caused the main to break. The cleanup is expected to take months. 
Maryland lawmakers have begun hearings on a measure that would ban ghost guns. The untraceable guns are made with parts that are purchased separately and have no serial number, allowing people to get around background checks. Baltimore Mayor Brandon Scott is in favor of banning the unregulated guns. However, Republican Delegate Daniel Cox opposes the ban. He says it could potentially make thousands of law-abiding citizens fall outside the law and become criminals just because they exercise their Second Amendment rights. The bill under consideration in Annapolis would prohibit the sale, receipt, and transfer of the parts used to make ghost guns with a possible ban by January of 2023. Philadelphia police are making adjustments after a hazmat situation at the department headquarters. This happened at their new building recently at Broad and Callowill Street which forced several prisoners to be moved to another holding center. Authorities told 6ABC that possible bodily fluids flowed onto the floors. The investigation is ongoing. From Brent Johnson at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, New Jersey would expand the state's free breakfast and lunch program for students from lower-income families under the latest set of proposals State Assembly Democrats are pushing to reduce hunger in the Garden State. State Assembly Speaker Craig Coughlin from Middlesex said the 10-bill package is the fourth batch of measures Democrats who lead the lower house of the state legislature have sponsored to tackle food insecurity. Coughlin noted 1.2 million of New Jersey's 9.2 million residents struggle to afford food, including 400,000 children. The move would cost New Jersey taxpayers about $19.2 million per year. However, Coughlin said this is the next step toward ultimately making the program available to any child who needs it. Police from multiple agencies are left with a number of questions after a missing woman from Philly was found dead in Delaware. Authorities say the body of 59-year-old Kim Izell was discovered at Delaware Technical Community College. She had been missing since early January, and detectives have not yet determined the cause of her death. Flags at state buildings in New Jersey are flying at half-staff for former Judge Barbara Curran. The 81-year-old Republican was the first woman to serve as a principal in all three branches of New Jersey state government. Curran, who died last month, was a former Summit Assemblywoman, a member of the governor's cabinet, and a superior court judge. Governor Phil Murphy, in issuing the flag order, called Curran a, quote, trailblazer who broke many glass ceilings in state government and served as a role model for many women in public service. Baltimore's Department of Public Works has released its biannual audits and the report outlines areas of improvement for delivering water services to residents. The audit of the years 2019 and 2020 showed that DPW was not following an industry standard when it comes to water meter calibration and replacement. The report also found that Baltimore is losing millions of dollars in revenue due to unpaid water bills. The audit found that while Baltimore identifies delinquent customers, there is currently no process in place to collect on delinquent accounts. I'm Sam Whalen, and this has been your local news. I'm Karai Bennett with the Rowan News. Now through March 26, the Rowan Art Gallery, located at 301 West High Street in Glassboro, is presenting a new exhibit called Earth's Offerings, Honoring the Gardeners, an exhibit created by the works of Sid Carpenter. We were able to sit down one-on-one with her and get an insight on what her inspiration was to create her amazing work. My experiences were paved, you know, the... the the ease, not ease, but the ability to do this uninterrupted is because of what they laid out for me. So that, you know, that starts the conversation right there. So I have been very fortunate to have opportunities to create several gardens, both public and private, but at the same time to make work and to travel and talk about that work and to just you know, put myself out there as an artist gardener and to make that something that I hope will cause folks to have a conversation around that. And so, to me, melding the two has been the ideal situation. 
Carpenter identifies and honors African-American farmers and gardeners with her new series, Farm Bowls, by integrating the universal form of stoneware bowls with architectural and organic forms observed on farms. Carpenter creates emblems of African-American experiences and their connection to the land. Admission to the exposition and all Rowan Art Gallery events are free and open to the public. The art gallery is open from Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and on Saturdays from 11 to 5 p.m. And a special program will be held on Tuesday, February 22nd from 11 to noon and will feature a conversation with Carpenter and the South Jersey food activists of color. Once again, my name is Kariah Bennett reporting to you for the Roman News. That does it for the first half of the Roan Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Roan Radio News Team. I'm Danny Ryan with your news from around the sports world. Starting with the Rowan men's and women's basketball teams. Since the last time Nick Earnshaw spoke with you all, both profs teams were coming off of blowout home victories against the Rutgers-Camden Scarlet Raptors as the men's basketball team defeated their RCU counterparts 100-73 with the women's basketball team following right in their footsteps as they defeated their counterparts 89-48. to Since these games last Wednesday, both teams have been in action twice as they get set to wrap up regular season conference play. One week ago, Saturday, February 5th, the Profs basketball team took the trip upstate to Newark, New Jersey as they prepared to face the Scarlet Raiders in the evening doubleheader action on the road. Starting with the women's game, they were victorious in their contest against Rutgers Newark as they took care of business by a final score of 73-47 to behind an all-around team performance. Dakota Adams contributed her fair share in this one, dropping 13 points, snagging 13 rebounds, and blocking four shots to claim a well-earned dominant double-double. Touching on other notable scorers, Kate Hurley and Nicole Mallard also put up double digits in points on the night, as Hurleyhee claimed an even 10, while Mallard had just one more than Hurleyhee with 11 at the end of the night. Taking a look at the men's victory on the 5th of February, they were crowned victorious by a final score of 80-65 behind a great 21-point performance from freshman guard Josh Wright. Andrew Seeger, Marcellus Ross, and Hafiz Melvin were also huge factors in this victory as Seeger accumulated 14 points, Melvin added 13, and Ross contributed 12 himself. Both teams will take this momentum into their next game, once again on the road. However, this time in Jersey City, taking on the NJCU Gothic Knights this past Wednesday. For the women's game, it was a fairly close contest at halftime, as the Profs found themselves down just three points, with the halftime score being 32-29 to in favor of NJCU, with plenty of second-half basketball left. Unfortunately, the Profs were defeated in this matchup by a final score of 73-59 to despite a 21-point, 11-rebound double-double from Dakota Adams. The men's basketball team had a little more luck on their side as they defeated their Gothic Knights opposition 107-104 to in overtime as four Profs scored 19 or more points on the night. Specifically, those profs were Andrew Seeger with 24 points, Marcellus Ross and Hafiz Melvin each with 23 points, and Damian Smith with 19 as the cherry on top. 
The women's team fell to 14-8 overall on the year after this loss, 12-4 in conference play. And the men's team, they improved to 19-4 overall while bolstering their conference record at 12-4. Both teams get set to wrap up their regular season with two home games against Ramapo College and Montclair State on the 12th and 16th of February, home at Esby Gymnasium. And finally, closing things out with professional sports news. The Ben Simmons saga is over. Thursday afternoon, the Philadelphia 76ers agreed on a deal with the Brooklyn Nets to acquire James Harden and Paul Millsap in exchange for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, Philadelphia's unprotected 2022 first-round pick with the right to defer it to 2023, and Philadelphia's top eight protected 2027 first-round pick. The Eastern Conference race between Philly, Brooklyn, Miami, and Milwaukee will definitely be one to watch come playoff time. Once again, I have been Danny Ryan with your news from around the sports world right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Hi, I'm Megan Steckler with your Rowan Report business update. IKEA is starting construction on a long, empty mall in San Francisco's mid-market retail corridor. The Swedish company's real estate division confirmed that IKEA will be the anchor at 945 Market Street, which has been vacant since 2016. Plans call for around a 70,000-square-foot store, and the rest of the complex will be leased to a mix of retail, food, entertainment, and office tenants. There's no word on exactly when San Francisco's first-ever IKEA will be completed. U.S. household debt is the highest it has been in over a decade. Data from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York revealed that household debt increased by $1 trillion in 2021. This is the largest annual increase since 2007. Household debt rose by $333 billion in the last quarter of 2021, marking the largest quarterly rate of increase in over a decade. Mortgage debt and auto loans saw the biggest increase. Meanwhile, student loan balances decreased by $8 billion after nearly two decades on the rise. Apple is boosting benefits for its retail workers in a tight labor market. The company is doubling sick days for full-time and part-time employees to help attract and retain workers. The move follows complaints about employees losing pay because because of pandemic-related state and local policies. The new benefits also include parental leave and emergency child care services. Apple operates 270 retail stores nationwide. Gumby and friends are headed to Fox. The entertainment company announced that it has required all rights to the classic Clay character and all of his friends. Fox plans to develop a new animated series along with live-action content. The deal with the estate of the son of Gumby, creator Art Clokey, also included the full Gumby library, adding to the current library available on Fox's Tubi streaming platform. Gumby has had two previous television series aired in the 1950s and 1988, along with a movie released in 1995. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Searles. Bob Saget died from a brain bleed after head trauma. His family said authorities believe the Full House star hit his head after checking into the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Orlando, Florida last month. While authorities aren't sure what he hit his head on, they believe he didn't realize the extent of his injury before going to bed and dying in his sleep. Authorities had initially believed he died from a heart attack or a stroke. He was just 65 years old. Songwriter Betty Davis, ex-wife of jazz icon Miles Davis, is dead. Longtime friend Connie Portis shared that Davis died early Wednesday in her hometown of Homestead. She was 77 years old. 
Futurama is coming back. The Hollywood Reporter says Hulu picked up the show for a 20-episode run. The show first ran on Fox for five seasons, then Comedy Central for three seasons before leaving air nearly 10 years ago. It is set to return to screens in 2023 with most of the original stars. This year's Oscars are not requiring attendees to provide proof of a COVID vaccination. The awards are returning to the Dolby Theater in Hollywood Boulevard after a smaller ceremony last year at Union Station in L.A. Strict COVID testing and mass protocols were required for attendees last year to comply with local health and safety protocols. Guests will be required to test prior to attending, with those unvaccinated having extra testing requirements. The awards are set to take place on March 27th. The nominations for Best Picture are out as well. For the 2022 Oscars, the Academy returns to a guaranteed 10 Best Picture nominees. They include Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Now making Spielberg the first director to nab a Best Director nomination across six different decades. Kanye West, now known as Ye, is threatening to pull out of Coachella unless co-headliner Billie Eilish apologizes to Travis Scott. Kanye took to Instagram to share an article claiming Eilish dissed Scott by stopping her concert to give a fan an inhaler. Ye took this as a shot at Scott, who has been criticized for not stopping Astroworld when 10 people died. Ye insists Scott didn't know what was going on in the crowd while he was on stage. He also said Scott will be with him at Coachella, but he needs Eilish to apologize before he performs. Nelly is apologizing after a sexually explicit video appeared on his Instagram account. On Tuesday, a video was posted showing a woman performing a sex act on the 47-year-old rapper. The post was soon deleted, and Nelly released a statement saying it was an old video that was never meant to go public. He added, I sincerely apologize to the young lady and her family and called it unwanted publicity. Nelly's management says they are concerned that the singer was hacked and are investigating a breach. Movie, merchandising, gaming, and live event rights to some popular J.R.R. Tolkien titles are up for sale. Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit are just a few of the titles from the author going up for auction after Saul Zant's company decided to sell its Tolkien holdings. The properties are expected to sell for at least $2 billion. The timing is no accident as Amazon is set to premiere a TV series on the Lord of the Rings saga in September. I'm Brandon Searles and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.